Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Everybody, this morning, I'm super excited about this word that God has been just brewing in my heart over the past months, over the past few years. I didn't realize it was over the past few years, but uh, I'm super excited to share this. I, I do want to do something real quick, though. This week, we celebrated Veterans Day. So if anybody in here is a veteran or you have a family member that is a veteran, we would like to celebrate you. If you just shoot your hand up. Okay, we got some people. Let's give a hand for these people. We think, go ahead and stand up so we can see where you are. Let's go, Encounter Church. Y'all stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Thank you, thank you. We truly appreciate you all for your services and your family services. Uh, you are such a blessing, you and your family. So we just thank you so, so much. Well, everybody, our theme of this year has been every word, and we just have been so blessed. We've been reading the Bible together as a church. All right, here at Encounter Church, we don't only read the Bible, but we do it in sync with one another. And I don't know if you've been blessed the way I've been blessed, but it's been so cool when a pastor comes up and they are preaching or praying about something I just read. That is, there's something really awesome and, and unique and different about that, and it's been such a blessing for me. Well, our theme, our commitment this year is reading every word of God together in 2022. And this comes from uh, Matthew 4.4, which says, people do not live by bread alone, but by what? That comes from the mouth of God. And, you know, through my life, I've been, so I've, I came to church, I came to Encounter Church in 2014. Uh, I was one of the first people here that came lost and got radically saved. And in 2014, since then, I've had the unique opportunity to observe something. Because when I grew up, I didn't like grow up in the church. You know, when you're little and you grow up in the church, there's just things you just become accustomed to, things that you don't even realize that are different. You just grew up in that. And for me, what I realized, because I was older, I was able to observe something unique about church. And one of those things was I noticed that the people that I came with, some of the people that I came to church with, I noticed that as I started to get deeper, I would notice some people start to fall off. I would notice those people that got saved. I would not see them anymore in church or uh, people that got really radical. And then all of a sudden, I would just see them disappear. And it, and it, it was always curious to me. And I would wonder and I would, I would really ponder on that. Like, God, what happened? What happened to this person that, I mean, I thought they were going to be a pastor one day. I thought that they were going to be really used by God in a certain way. And so over the past few months, though, I started really, like, asking, what is this? Why am I so curious about this? And what are you trying to speak? Because if God is putting something in your heart and you're just sitting on it, maybe he wants you to just take the time to study and to really add him into it and let him see what he's trying to speak to you. And so some questions that started to go in my mind was, one, what's the difference between a believer that elevates and one that deflates? 
Another question, what's the difference between a Christian whose capacity to live out the will of God increases and those who decrease? What's the difference between a Christian whose spiritual maturity grows and one who slows? And these questions have been just roaming in my head. I'm like, God, what's the difference? Tell me. I want to know the difference. And as you see on the screen, the difference is submission. It's their level of submission. And so this was the, 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 the statement that came out of this. My level of submission to God's will is a direct reflection of how much God can use me. And you know submission in counter church. Submission is one of those terms. <laughs> See, y'all already know what I'm talking about. See, it's one of those religious terms that what we do as Christians, and it's just a human thing, right? We take great concepts from the Bible and we condense it so small to mean one single thing and then it loses its purpose, right? And I don't, I, I don't know about you, but I read in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is God-breathed. All of it is used for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that we as servants of God can be ready for every good work. And so I don't want to condense something that's so important as submission. And submission is a gift from God. It's a gift that he has given us. And so what I want to do today is I want to unpack this gift, and I want us to realize why it's such a valuable part of our walks with God. And so that's why I'm calling this message today the gift of submission. Uh, for my Spanish family, I've been practicing this in Espanol. Y'all ready? You ready, Spanish family? Y'all ready? <clears throat> El regalo de la submisión. I try, you know, I'm trying, y'all. So let's go ahead and pray, Encounter Church. Dear Lord, I just thank you, God. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this opportunity, God, to, to teach on such a subject, God, that is so important. It is what you call our hearts to do. And I pray, Father, that everybody in this place, God, that they're open that they're open to be trained, to be taught a new way of thinking about things. I pray that every heart and heart, God, that you, you're the only one that can do this, God, but you soften the heart, God. You plow the ground and you get ready for this seed that's going to explode into a radical life, a radical change, God. We want to leave this place different than what we came. I pray that you bless every word in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, before we start unpacking this gift, I want to show you some images. Let's pull up that first image. And so when I was younger, um, I was a huge wrestling fan. Any other wrestling fan? Uh, all right. I don't watch it as much now. But back in the day, I mean, I was crazy about wrestling. This is all I'm like, man, you can just be angry and just beat up somebody. And it is, how awesome is this? And it looks cool. You get to talk smack before the match, all these amazing things. And so this, uh, this individual, this fine young gentleman on the screen that you see is by the name of Crispin. 
Chris Benoit, the late Chris Benoit, and he is putting somebody in his, what you would call in wrestling, a finishing move. The finishing move is the last move to end the match. It's supposed to win the battle, and this move, he would take your arm, he would put it between his legs, he would hold it, and then he would take both of his wrists, and he would pull back as hard as he could until the person tapped out. Let's go to the next image. All right, this next image is another fine young gentleman by the name of Chris, ben, uh, Chris Jericho. I'm sorry, another Chris. Chris Jericho, and he is actually doing the move, The Walls of Jericho. All right, uh, you like, uh, you see? Uh, all right, so The Walls of Jericho, and what he would do after he knocks out his opponent and they're sit, laying on their stomach lifeless, he would get on their back, he would take both legs, bend them back as far as he can, and he would sit on their back until they gave in. Let's go to the next image. Now, this image is by Kurt Angle. All right, Kurt Angle, he had a move called the Angle Lock. The Angle Lock, everybody used to call it Ankle, but it's Angle Lock. All right, and he would take his opponent's ankle and he would shove it back as far as it could until the person would tap, tap, tap in submission. I know I'm being funny right now, but isn't this how we view submission? Isn't this how not only the world views submission, but how we as Christians have viewed the word submission? And it's the reason why we like to stay away from it. It's the reason why we don't like to talk about it. It's because some of the words that are connected with the word submission are these. Painful, dreadful, frustrating. It's, it's no fun. Oh, it's so controlling. Oh, it, it's restrictive. I can't do what I want to do. Passist, I always uh, help me with this word. Passivity. Passivity. I don't know why my tongue doesn't want to. All right, passive. All right, there we go. <laughs> Annoying. Demeaning. These are words that we have connected to the word submission. And today, again, I want to unpack what submission really is. So what is submission, really? Well, in the Greek word for, for submission that is said in the Bible is hupotasso. All right, can we say that? Hupotasso. All right, and this word is mentioned about 40 times throughout the Bible. And it was used mainly as a Greek military term. All right, and it meant this. It meant to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion, fashion under the command of a leader. In a non-military use, it would be a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, responsibility and carrying a burden. And so when we read in James 4.7, I want us to get a better understanding of what we're saying there because James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what we're saying here, we're going to replace that with the word hupotasso. And what we're saying is, arrange yourself, therefore, to God. What we're saying is, arrange yourself under the command of God. We're saying, it's a arrange yourself in a voluntary attitude to give in to the attitude that you may have to cooperate under God, to assume the responsibility that God gives you, or to carry a burden. 
therefore, to God. So this military understanding of the term submission actually leads us to the first reason why submission is such a valuable gift. And that is submission is covering. Everybody say submission is covering. So listen to this. We're about to, you know, it's been, it was Veterans Day, so I got a lot of military uh, uh, examples in here today. So here we go. A soldier must arrange himself in order under his sergeant. A sergeant orders himself under the authority of the master sergeant. Master sergeant arranges himself in order under the lieutenant. Lieutenants to the captain. Captain to the major. Right up to the general who himself arranges himself under the authority of commander-in-chief, all right? And everything, what I'm saying, is arranged in order under, all right? So when we submit our lives or arrange ourselves under, of course, under God, and if you haven't had that opportunity to arrange yourself under God, you will have the opportunity today. But when we arrange ourselves under the order of God, the authorities in our world, in our work, our families, in our churches, guess what, Encounter Church? We are covered when we do that. Are you yourself? I want you to think on this. I want you to ponder on this. Are you arranging yourself under the authority that God has placed in your life? And what I'm saying that is because it's, it's really important for us to know, are we doing that? And I want, we have to know that because the authority that God has placed in our lives is not just a coincidence. God himself placed those authorities in our lives. Let's go to Romans 13, 1 through 2. It says this, every person must submit to and support the authorities over him. For there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. So would you rather be covered or would you rather have severe consequences is the real question. All right, so let's start thinking on those things. And it says in Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I mean, they're taking account of your souls. They're taking, they're watching over your souls. Why make that hard for the authorities that God has placed in our lives? So, so why do we need covering? Why is it important that we have covering? Well, Go ahead and put that image up as I read Psalm 512. You can keep that image up. And it says in Psalm 512, for you bless the righteous. So those that stand in right standing with God, you bless them. You cover him with favor and with a shield. And so when I thought of covering, I don't know why this image is what popped in my, my mind. And what I thought of is that as they arrange themselves under you know, I imagine that those, that covering was already there. 
that it was there for them. It had, covering has been placed there for you in your life by God himself. So those umbrellas were already there, but each one of those soldiers had to make the conscious decision to place themselves under the authority that God placed in their lives. And we're about to see what that does. So what does the covering do? As we read, covering brings favor and covering brings protection from the devil. And so as they arrange themselves under this covering, that rain, that dirt, that nastiness doesn't have to get on them, right? They're arranging themselves under the authority that has been placed in their lives. And as I thought about this, I, I thought about actually um, a few years ago, um, at, I was kind of in my early times of, of being a teacher. I'm a, a middle school teacher. And at this time, I was very just new to the career, and a lot of teachers would go on these teacher rants, and you would just complain about your life and your teaching experiences, okay? And so uh, this teaching rant, I was like, you know, I, I need to put this online. This is something all teachers need to realize, that there's a problem with the education system. There's issues going on with these kids. They need to, these parents need to, blah, 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 okay? So I get on. And I start typing this message. I'm just, uh, you know how you, yeah. Enter, and I post it. About five minutes later, I got a message in my inbox. Uh, if you don't know Pastor Julian, he's one of our uh, pastors here at Encounter Church, and he's a very, very kind, but his words stick. <laughs> they really stick. And with his kindness, he said, Kwame, I, I just want you to think about what you posted. He didn't say, take it off. He didn't say, that was a horrible idea. He said, I want you to think on what you posted. And as I thought about it, I, just, this is my first, I never do this. This is my first time. I, why, why is this a big deal now? You know? And I'm thinking of this in my mind, right? And then I realized this is an opportunity I can step outside of the covering that God has placed in my life, the authority that God has placed in my life, and I can continue to keep that post on, or I can remain under the covering of the authority that God has placed in my life, and I can be covered from the devil, and I can continue to live in favor that God has placed in my life. That was my decision. I decided to take that post down, and as when I did it, I, I realized, man, what if Somebody that I was trying to bring to Jesus saw that post and was like, oh, just like all the other ones. What if that post was seen by a student from my school? What if my principal saw that post and I'm out of a job, out of my certification as a teacher? That was covering. And because I was obedient and decided to remain under that covering, it kept me protected from the works of the enemy. And so covering is favor. Say covering is favor. Now turn to a neighbor and I want you to say to them, look them in the eye and say covering is protection. Y'all, we all need those two things. If you've been in this walk long enough, you know we need covering, right? We need covering in this, the darkness that's all around us. So I'm going to move into my second reason why submission is such a valuable gift for our lives. And that is submission is where obedience begins. So obedience, if you were to look up the definition of obedience, obedience is compliance. 
all right, is simply complying to the command of something, okay? And I don't know about you, I don't think God was asking us to comply to you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know if you ever tried to comply and love your neighbor as yourself, but it does not get that far. All right, it's not that they're going to eventually annoy you and that complying is going to go out the door. All right, so when compliance, actually, it typically results in disobedience. And I actually want to show you an example from the Bible. And this comes from Jeremiah. Uh, This was during the time, about the time that the Israelites were going to be exiled to Babylon. And Jeremiah, being used by God, who submitted to God, is continuously being used by God. And God is speaking through Jeremiah, of course, as always, giving the Israelites another chance, another chance to turn back to him. And this is what the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, says. Even now, even after all that craziness they did, he said, even now, if you turn from your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. But don't be fooled by those who promise you safety simply because the Lord's temple, look, it's right there. What? Y'all see that? The temple. Yeah. Now I can continue sinning. I can continue doing all the things that I like to do in my life. I can continue not being obedient to God because, look, I know where the temple of God is. It's right there. We do this, right? Sometimes we rely on the fact that we know who to talk to when we're in trouble right? We know to go to church when we're going through tough situations. We know this. It's like something that's just in our minds, like I'm I'm broken and I'm hurt. I need to find a woman of God. I need to find a man of God that will pray me out of this situation. That's called compliance, and it typically leads into disobedience. And God doesn't want compliance. He wants submission. If we were to continue reading through that story, Uh, God continued to say, uh, go through those things. And he said, don't you yourself admit that this temple which bears my name has become a den of thieves? Don't you realize your life and what you're doing is not what I'm asking you to do? Turn back to me. Submit to me. So I thought about this in this story, and I realized submission is not mere words or actions. But it's actually when our words and our actions are in direct response to a yielded heart towards God. That's what submission is. Because, look, obedience without submission, listen to this, obedience without submission is just saying yes. Yeah, okay, this temple's there. I'll give up those things, yeah. It's compliance, right? This is compliance. It's just giving up things. Because that's what Christian people do. We just give up things. We let go of those things that God doesn't like. We just let them go. But actually, that's doing things in your own will. And this will only result in temporal results in your life. Now, obedience with submission, it's not just saying yes. It's saying yes to Jesus right? It's not just giving up things. It's giving up your ways for God's ways, right? It's not just letting go of things. It's actually letting go of pride, 
letting go of your ideas of doing things. It's letting go of your plans of success, your ways of doing things. That's what obedience with submission actually looks like. It says in Philippians 3.3, it says this, for we who hope, or sorry, for we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who truly are circumcised. Because what we do, what we do, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, right? Because obedience or compliance, that's human effort. That's something that's outward, right? You do that. You do things that look right. You do things that Christian people do. You do these outward things. Sometimes that does become inward. Sometimes. I'm not saying it never happens. Sometimes you got to jump your, start your flesh into doing things to get your spirit in line, right? But I'm talking about typically, if you just do things outwardly, it's not going to do anything. But submission, that's relying on what Jesus has done. That's something that begins inside of my heart, right? And it works its way outside. And that's why the word of God says you will know them by their, you will know them by their fruit. So we must start here. Submission is where obedience actually begins. Now, the third reason why submission is such a valuable gift for our lives is that, and we got to actually say this with enthusiasm. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. One, two, ready, in. Submission is freedom. Uh-oh. I need somebody that knows what freedom is really like because there might be somebody that does not know what freedom is or how that feels. And if you are a free Christian in here, I'm, I'm going to need you to say it with some confidence. Here we go. Submission is freedom. I'm going to give you one more chance to say freedom like you really know what freedom is. Here we go. Submission is freedom. Dang, there we go. All right. I felt that. I felt a little bit there. Freedom, uh, there we go. <laughs> Freedom is the result of a surrendered life to God. But listen, because I know all those individuals that were around me when I was getting my life, when I was giving my life to Christ, they were at the altar with me. They were surrendering, surrendering to God right next to me. We all had an equal opportunity to respond. It wasn't like I had more opportunity than they were. Like all the pastors just surrounded me. You're going to be. No. It was an equal opportunity for every individual to receive this thing, this gift. But true surrender, true surrender, it starts with submission. And that brings real freedom. It's the submission that brings real freedom. So this means that my life of freedom from sin and the things of this world only can begin when I am truly submitted to God. That's where it starts. It says this in Luke 9, 23. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. You know, if we think about Hupotasso, and what hupotasso means is a voluntary attitude of giving in. This scripture is submission. This is exactly what submission means. It said, you must give up your ways, 
Remember, uh, non-military use of the word hopotas is a voluntary attitude of giving in. And it says cooperate, assume responsibility. That sounds a whole lot like take up your cross, assuming the responsibility that God is calling you to in your life. And then it said, and follow me. This scripture, in this scripture, we're being invited into something super special. We're not being invited into a life of burden and obligation. Oh, this is where I have, this is where we get the difference in Christians and people that go all the way and people that stop somewhere because this is not a life of burden and obligation, but he's inviting us into a life of freedom, right? All right, the Israelites, uh uh-oh, going back to the Israelites, the Israelites decided to take the life of burden and obligation instead, right? And so I want to read you some more of this story in Jeremiah 7, 3. It says this, this is what the Lord of heaven armies, the God of Israel says. He said this about their, their obligations and their, their doing, complying to the word of God and doing the things and giving the offerings. He said this, take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them. He said, eat the offerings that you're giving me. I don't care about that. That is not what I'm actually asking for. I don't care about those offerings that you're offering me. There's something deeper and much more, much better that I'm actually asking you for. This is a place that many Christians stop growing. This is not surrender. And this type of lifestyle would not bring you real freedom. What it will bring you? Burnout. What will it bring you? Dryness. Oh, this one is real. Loneliness. I mean, you can be a person that is radical and going to church every day, every Sunday, and still feel lonely. That means you're not living in freedom. And God wants to provide you freedom this morning. So this is what I told them. This is to continue that scripture. This is what I told them. This is what God said. This is actually what I want. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything I say, which is submission, and say this together, church, and all will be well. So you want to live a life of freedom. Well, for freedom begins with surrender, which is a result of a submitted life to the will of God. I heard it said this way. I heard it said that submission is submitting to the mission. Submission is submitting to the mission. So this means that in marriage, uh uh-oh, submission in marriage, uh uh-oh. We don't talk about that right. That gets all weird, okay? But let me talk about it, okay? I'm going to bring up the subject. Submission in marriage is simply submitting to the mission, the mission that God has given us. If me and my wife are focused on the mission that God has given us in our marriage, then all this petty mess that the world see and goes through and that it it says that marriage has to be this certain way and all this it doesn't even matter because we're submitted to the mission we're submitted to the mission that God has placed in our life and we're also submitted to the authority that God has placed in our life right we're submitted to people that we can go to and turn to when we're going through things right because we are stepping under our covering 
right? And so we will have favor and we will be protected from the devil. And so when we do this, when we, uh, when we submit to the mission, we will be able to live a fulfilling marriage. And as the word of God says, do everything as I say and all will be well. So encounter church. Want freedom in your work life? Well, be submitted to God's will. You want freedom in your marriage? Be submitted to God's will. You want freedom in your work, students, in your school? Then you must be submitted to God's will and all will be well. So just to recap these three items, and RJ, you can come on up. Why is it that submission is such a valuable gift? Number one, submission is covering. Number two, submission is where obedience begins. And number three, submission is freedom. So what was the result? I'm sorry. Flip the wrong page. When I don't submit, what happens? And I want to read you this story. And it's crazy, you know, as we're reading the, the Bible together, it's just so much power. I know I said this before, but it's so powerful because I'm, like, seeing things that I not, did not see before. And I believe that this is a supernatural thing that God is doing because we're being obedient to the authority God has placed in our lives, Pastor Hunter and Liz. And we're, we're being obedient to the mission. We're submitting to the mission and I believe he's just been really blessing us through this, this round of reading the Bible together. And he really blessed me with this story of Hananiah and Jeremiah. And I don't know why this was not, it just kind of, in the past, I've just kind of read over it. But Hananiah was uh, a, a prophet that at some point went the wrong direction. Something got off. I truly believe that Hananiah was, it had a truly wonderful encounter with God. I believe this. I believe that, you know, he did things for God. He did the right things and blah, blah, blah. But at some point he fell off, but he continued to try to walk with gifts. He was just using his gifting to gather people and to talk and, and things like that. We see this all the time, right? Around the world, people that try to go off the fumes of gift and things like that, but you're not going to get that far. But Hananiah, in this time, Jeremiah was being used, okay, to tell the people, hey, the, Babylon, the Babylonians, they about to get you because you're not listening. God keeps telling me all these things to tell you, and you're not listening. So maybe a visual will help you. And so <laughs> Jeremiah being, uh, being used by God is walking around with a yoke on his neck, just walking around this huge yoke on his neck saying, this is what the Babylons, Babylonians, I'm sorry, Babylonians are going to do to you. If you don't turn from your ways, just listen to me. Listen to me. But Hananiah, who has this gift of speaking, comes around and says, he actually breaks the yoke off his neck. And he says, it's over. It's not going to happen. You're going to be set free. You don't have to worry about Babylon. It's going to be okay. All will be well. God had a little conversation to Jeremiah about this situation. And I love it because Jeremiah was so submissive to God, he didn't say anything yet. He had to talk with God first. And this is what God told him. He said in Jeremiah 28, 13 through 17, he said this, Go and tell Hananiah this. 
This is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke, but you have replaced it with a yoke of iron. Can we go to that scripture for me? Jeremiah 28, 13. I want everybody to see this. Also, if you have it in your Bible app, please uh, read this with me. It says, go and tell Hananiah this. This is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke, but you have replaced it with a yoke of iron. The Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel says, I have put a yoke of iron on the necks of all these nations, forcing them into slavery under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I have put everything... I could go on with this story, but the point, the point was is that Hananiah was so off. He was actually completely the opposite of what God wanted. What God was saying is that because you don't want to listen to me, I'm still going to give you a chance. I'm going to exile you to Babylon, but I want you to submit under the authority of Babylon since you're not. This is a way you can submit to me. Submit under the authority of Babylon multiply don't don't stop having children multiply do all the things and he says i know the plans i have for you i have a plan for a hope and a future for your lives so you don't have to worry and what i realized is that hananiah at some point in his life lost the covering that god placed in his life right he had no favor his words meant nothing it drew a crowd sure we have we know plenty of people that can draw a crowd, that have the gift of talking and influencing, right? We have a whole culture of influencers now that are, are making money off of doing that. But he had no favor. And he definitely had no protection from the enemy using him. And the enemy used him. It confused the Israelites. What Hananiah was moving in was self-ambition. It, and there's a difference, right? There's submission and there's self-ambition. Submission, that's humility. That's placing myself under the authority of my life. Self-ambition is saying, I don't need that covering because I know enough. I, I, I have the skill. I have the strategy. We have many talented people in here. I have what it takes to do X, Y, Z. I don't need the covering that God has provided for me. When submitted, I am lowering myself or arranging myself under God's authority. But when I do things in my own will, that is called self-ambition. What was the result of Hananiah doing this? The Lord did not send you. That's what was said to Hananiah. The Lord did not send you. So I will now send you off the face of this earth. There was no use of him anymore. All he was doing was spreading lies. All he was doing was confusing the people of God. And y'all, there's nothing worse than a weird Christian. I'm being real right now in counter church because, like I said, coming into church as a college student, I was able to observe. I came from a world of smart people in college that oh, everybody thought they were smart and knew the whole world. I came from that culture, and I noticed the same culture in church. And it's dangerous when we try to add this spiritual thing 
into our own brain and our own concepts and ways of thinking. And we become weird Christians. And when you are really living in submission, you have like this radar detector. And when they come around, you're like, eh, eh, you ain't it. I don't know what that is, but that is not what you think it is. Okay. And so we can tell, you can tell, say stuff to us and we're like, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, God bless you too. Because when you're really submitted under God, you know what it takes to be submitted under the authority of God, right? And I'm telling you, when we're being like Hananiah, we're moving in self-ambition, we miss out on something so beautiful, the gift of submission. I want to point us back to Jeremiah 4, 6. And it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But listen, a few verses later, it says this. Because before I say this, I just want you to realize Jeremiah brought honor to God by being submitted to him. Because every word that he said was God's voice. And he brought honor to God. People listened, and it changed hearts. It changed the way people thought. He had favor, right? And so he brought honor to God. Now listen, it says James 4.10, if we have that on the screen. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will honor you. Please keep that scripture on the, I just want us to keep looking at that. When I lower myself under God's authority and the authority that he has placed in my life, or when I humble myself under God's authority, when I submit myself to God, I bring God honor, right? But in doing that, he honors me. I bring God honor as I humble myself, and in doing so, he honors me. Are you starting to see, are you starting to see why submission is so valuable? I get an opportunity to honor God, and in doing so, he will honor me. That's what I got to experience in my own life. I got to experience being at the altar humbling myself under the authority of God. And in the midst of me humbling myself at the altar, he began to lift me. He began to honor me. He wants everybody to experience that type of life. That's called freedom. It was nothing that I had to do but submit myself under God's authority. And he wants everyone to experience that very same thing. I just want everybody to stand. And in this moment, this is a really important moment. So if you can avoid a lot of movement. And I want us to try something today. I want us all to actually repeat this phrase. And I want you to say it from your heart. Say it however you need to say it. But I want us to say this. I submit to God today. I submit to the authority God has placed in my life. At my church. At my work. At my school. And even in my government. I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for gain. I do it to honor his name.
I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for gain. I do it to honor his name. Maybe somebody in here, and we can close our eyes, and maybe somebody in here may not have experienced freedom. You may not know what true freedom is. Freedom is when you can walk into a place and not care about what people think of you. You can be somewhere and you, you walk around with no burdens. It's a feeling of God knows me. It's a, free, it's a feeling of somebody sees me and it's God and that's all that actually matters. It's something that is really hard to even explain because it's something that you actually have to experience. And maybe you haven't experienced it before or you think you experience it, but you still walk around feeling lonely, burned out, burdened. And if you feel those things, maybe you haven't truly experienced freedom. But God wants you to experience that today. It starts with this. It starts with submitting to God. So this call is for anybody that never has given their lives to Jesus. They never submitted themselves under the authority of God before. Also, if you think you did, but you haven't truly felt like you experienced freedom, I just want you to shoot your hand up in the air. If that's anyone, shoot your hand up in the air. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want us to actually pray this together as a church so we can fall in alignment with the individuals that raise their hand. I just want us to repeat this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust in him as my savior and follow him as Lord. From this day forward, guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, the second thing I want to do, and this is for individuals that raise their hand, but also if you didn't raise your hand, you are saying that you have submitted your life to God. But I believe God wants, he wants something, you to do something different today. Because I feel like there may be some people that have this maybe yearning in their heart to be elevated or to be moved up. I don't know what that is. It's this feeling of like, like, I don't know, somebody in here is like waving their arms like to God, like, like, God, do you, do you see what I'm doing? Like, God, I don't know who this is specifically for, but you just want God to notice you. And sometimes you actually put that weight on other people. 
of your friends. You want them to notice you. And that's actually a sign of this. If you're a person that you put a lot of pressure on your friends and family to notice the things that you're doing, but God wants you to meet him at the altar and he wants to talk to you specifically today. Because it was my submitted life that brought me from the altar to the pulpit. I don't say that arrogantly, but I say it with a confidence because God is good and he sees us. He knows your heart's desire and he simply wants to meet you where you are. So as the worship team begins to sing, I don't want you to worry or be concerned about people around you. They'll move out your way. All right, as soon as they feel your movement, they move back. I know that's always a weird thing in the middle. You're trying to do not let this opportunity slide by. He wants to meet you today. I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. I don't care about how much you know about Jesus. He wants to meet you here at the altar. He wants your humble heart. He wants you to honor him so that he can honor you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.